Good afternoon all, Steve Parisi here with IBC Global. Hope your day is off to a great start thus far. Today, we have a guest. Some of you might be familiar with him because he's been with the company here for quite some time now. Two to three years, I think, something like that. Yeah, someone there. Mm -hmm. Phil, Phil Viachork. I got your last name right this time, right? Correct. Right on. Took, took me a couple of years, but got it. <laughs> Definitely. Well, thanks so much for taking some time today. I know you are busy every single day you're here, but really appreciate you making some time. And I think listeners will definitely appreciate it. Um, though you've got a lot of clients at the company as well that may appreciate it as well. Um, so what I wanted to talk about is you're an agent here at the company. You've been here. How, how many years has it been? Is it three full years or, or not yet? No, it's been a little shorter, three years, two and a half, three years, somewhere in there at this point. Gotcha. And you were licensed for about, was it five years prior to that? I was. I was licensed before. Didn't really use it too much, but um, even when I did, it was more term insurance, a little bit universal overall. Gotcha. But you had industry exposure for a good period of time at a property and casualty agency. Okay. So really what I, what I wanted to touch on here is through your experience, and especially now as our company has grown, where you're on the, the front lines every single day between phone calls, Zoom meetings, making rec personalized recordings. That's, that's your everyday job. I mean, what you're doing on a regular basis, working with your clients. So what I wanna talk about is some of the things that you've seen, commonly asked questions, building awareness for consumers. If someone's working with you, kind of what can they expect? Or if they were to say, hey, I kind of want to see like how Phil has worked with other clients or how IBC Global works with other people, what does that look like? So what are some things that, that have popped up, just you know, call it on initial phone calls or people you've worked with? What's a commonly asked question or something people are always interested in? Sure, sure. So the nice thing is a lot of times people have already seen your channel, they've been watching your videos. So they're pretty um, educated, doing a lot of research. Um, so main questions that come up are how accessible are the funds? How quickly can I take them out to use for other investments? Um, direct versus non-direct. Uh, what are the loan rates overall? Are you still collecting a dividend in both non-direct and direct? So I would say the accessibility of funds are a lot of, I would say pretty common when it comes to initial questions. Um, and also policy design overall, make sure that we are getting the most cash value upfront and make sure that's not hurting things long-term as well. Gotcha, good point there. I, I know that's come up a lot, probably over the past 12 to 18 months as far as having your cash value upfront and having the strong long-term performance. Um, but let's touch on accessing the money. So I know the first thing you'll often go through is how to maximize the cash value, maximize the flexibility, different companies, so there's no buyer's remorse. But if I'm someone talking to you on the phone, I say, okay, I've got that, Phil. This is a great area to position my money now. It's growing here. I've got a death benefit that gives me peace of mind as well. I want to use this for real estate. How does that actually work in respect to how much can I pull from my policy? Do I have to qualify for a loan? What's the interest rate? Do I have to pay it back? Like things that are going to be on people's mind when they hear the word loan, because we've got a policy loan, but the word loan's in there. Right. Yeah. A lot of people think that exact thought of, you know, why would I take out a loan of my own money? Really, the nice thing is your money is continually growing for you the second you put it into the policy. We actually have, like you mentioned, real estate investors who 
uh, maybe have a deal coming down shortly or they just want that access of funds in case something does pop up. Um, what's nice is you can throw in, let's say you start a policy today, put in 50,000. The one thing you're always gonna have to keep in mind is you're not gonna see 100% of those funds in your cash value right away. Usually trying to get a 1090 split so you'll have anywhere from 80, 90% cash value upfront. Uh, maybe even a little more with certain products, but overall, as long as you know you're going to take a hit initially um, and you will have some of those funds uh, available right away, usually around 94% of your cash value, a lot of people will throw in funds and then turn around even a week or two later, take those funds out, make a purchase. And then, the, of course, one of the main benefits is you don't have a true pay schedule. You know, as long as you are paying um, the interest, if you are taking out a high amount, maybe 90% of your cash value, always make sure you're paying attention to the interest, but overall that's still up to you at the end of the day. You can um, as well just have the policies cash value, uh, pay for some of that interest. Um, but really de depending on your situation, you always have to look at, you know, of course you are gonna have loan interest on the policy, um, anywhere from five to 6%, depending on what company you choose. Um, Again, main benefit, you are still collecting a dividend on those loaned out funds, but it's always looking at what is real, the real cost of it, sometimes even using those funds in your cash value, at, using it as a collateral uh, loan against the bank instead, making sure it all makes sense in the end. Yeah, and when it makes sense too, so on that piece, because let me ask if you see this, because this is something I think has always happened in the industry is... If I've got a loan interest rate of 5% on a policy, people often look at a, a life insurance policy and say, okay, that company has a 55 or 6% dividend rate, a 5% loan rate. So I've got a positive spread. If I have a dividend of six, a loan rate of five, have got this 1% positive spread, I'm making money. So can I just dump money in and pull it out right away? So when I say that to you, how do you handle that situation? Because you and I know that that's not how it works, but go ahead. Right. Yeah, it's a big, big misconception that we've had a lot of people come to us and say that exact thing. And maybe another agent says, you know, you're actually making money at the end. Not the case at all, because the reality is if you receive a 6% dividend from an insurance company, you might actually see 4% actually show up in your cash value, 4.5% after internal insurance costs are actually taken into account. So you have to look at it realistically and say, okay, I'm actually paying a five or 6% interest rate, but only making 4% of the funds, I'm actually taking a net loss there. And that's where it seems like a lot of real estate investors or just investors overall look at the option of a collateral loan where you're only paying three to three and a half percent on the loan instead, and your money's still growing at a four, four and a half percent rate. And that's where it, you're seeing the main benefits. You know, it, it is nice you have the access to the funds, but you always have to look at all options, make sure it's worth it. You're getting the best bang for your buck. So um, that's where collateral loans have definitely been a lot more popular lately, it seems yeah. like. Yeah, definitely. And it's a nice option to show. Like I, I do like that about you where it's not, hey, this is the best option now because the rate's better. You know, in having conversations with you and people we work with every day, some people say, hey, I don't care if the rate's higher in a policy because I have control. I like that control. I'm fine with paying extra one or two points. Like it's peace of mind. I pay it back how and when I want. I don't want to have to deal with a bank. Some people are like that. But the thing is, you showing the option there to say, okay, that's perfectly fine. Here's that option. Here's an alternative. And here's the steps. It's just providing transparency 
Because if you don't show me or, or don't talk about that collateral loan at all, and then I find out it exists through someone else, how, how's that go? Yeah, I'm not going to appreciate it. But um, like you said, it's just one option. Some yeah. people like the, the having the opportunity to have full control on when you pay those funds back, if you pay those funds back. Um, so again, it's an option. Um, and it might be best for one person, not best for another person. Every person is different at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks for going into that. That's always a popular topic. Let's transition into a topic that has to do with loans that I think everyone gets questions on non-direct and direct recognition. So again, pretending I'm a, you know, someone interested in working with you, I say, hey, what's the difference between non and non-direct and direct recognition because someone else or books or videos told me that only one option is the way to go and then other sources tell me it doesn't make a difference some say direct recognition is better like what what's the difference like just get to the point so i can understand it <laughs> yeah that uh, that topic comes up all the time i would say uh, that and flexibility it seems like just about all callers want to go into it um, but non-direct means you take out a loan the company doesn't really recognize you take out a loan so you collect the same exact dividend on all funds whether in the policy or not mm -hmm. so we work with mass mutual for example they charge a five percent variable loan interest rate but you're still collecting a six percent dividend on all the funds again whether loaned out or just in the policy at all times guardian another company we work with they are a direct recognition company so the company recognizes when you take out a loan of certain funds and they actually adjust the dividend that is given to those funds. So, uh, for example, they charge a 6% fixed interest rate with Guardian, and they give you a 6% dividend on all loaned out funds. The rest of the funds sitting in the policy untouched, that's where you want to see they're going to give you the current dividend rate. So just really keep it simple. They adjust the funds or the dividend given on a direct recognition company, non-direct. It's as if you never took out loan in the first place. Yeah, beautiful. So... So I still get a dividend on everything just with direct recognition. It's going to be a different dividend on money in cash and money loaned. Exactly. Yeah. And I, was, I like the way you explained that. Very simple. And then you can dig into it, show the numbers as well, because sometimes it's, it's much easier to follow if I can see it via visual, the loan, than repaying it and seeing exactly what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm a numbers guy. So for me, even if it, the numbers are a little different, I always want to see every option um and a lot of people do like and it really is preference at the end of the day some people see that positive spread with the non-direct with mass mutual and say okay i definitely want to go with them on the other side people see that it's a fixed six percent rate that's not going to be changing anytime soon compared to a variable loan interest rate with mass mutual and that's where they like that six percent so again when it comes to the difference of the two is it really that big of a difference no um doesn't really it shouldn't be a huge decision but of course it is one of the pieces when making a decision on what company to go with and how loans are treated. Mm -hmm. Good information to, to build awareness around more than anything else. Yeah. In my opinion, I agree. It should not make or break a decision as far as what company or product to go with. We use them both. I mean, it's just more so show people how they work and they pick the one they want. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. But it's it's good information to be aware of there. Nice. So if you've got, you mentioned you're a numbers guy. So if you've got a, a technical client that wants to see both options with loans coming out of both, wants to see different products, different funding scenarios, I'm asking for something that you know, if you're going to send me that kind of information, 
It's going to involve 10 illustrations, loan scenarios that's just going to take hours to go through if you're in the industry and know what you're looking at. If you don't, you're going to say, I'm going to look at this next year because I don't have time and I don't get it. So how do you how do you handle a situation like that? Well, you try to show as many, as much information as you can, right? So um, we do fortunately have a lot of videos that go into that exact scenario where you have case studies showing you know what happens if you take out a loan, what happens if you pay interest only, never pay that loan back. Um, so that's good, but a lot of times people want to see it personalized. That's where you try to work on certain illustrations. Usually, we'll when we get to that point, ask, okay, which company do you like more? Or is, do you want to see a specific company? Because like you said, doing loan scenarios for both companies for different funding amounts, that's where it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, but overall, we, we try to get as much information in your hands and then sometimes do a recording to just go into detail because again, we're sending a lot of information your way. We want to make sure you're actually understanding what you're seeing um, and hopefully be able to pin down exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, you're making it very transparent and then making it as convenient as possible for the end user, the consumer too, which when you mentioned that recording, that's that involves you going through really the illustration or the comparison sheet, whatever it is, and talking to your computer, kind of like a Zoom call we're on right now. Yeah. It does, and highlighting the certain areas just like you would if you're on a Zoom call on in an in-person meeting and then sending it to them, making life very easy for them. So they say, okay, I see it, I get it. You also have your personal touch there that way too, which you're very good. I'd say your strength here is one-on-one -on -one teaching. Like you're, you're very good at that. So you can actually incorporate that in a video as well. And then they come back and ask questions afterwards, but it makes it easy yeah. with all of that information. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny how sometimes we think, okay, we're going to overwhelm this person with so much information. You know, maybe don't send every single illustration and yet they come back and say, you know, no, can you send everything over? Yeah. They come back to us with their own personalized spreadsheets and, you know, I, I like information. I like numbers, but some, some people go so deep into it. Sometimes I got to take, you know, step back and say, okay, what am I even looking at here? So yeah. it's good. We're, we're getting people who are digging right into the numbers and want to understand everything. So again, at the end of the day, there is no buyer's remorse. They know exactly what they're getting into at the end of the day. Yeah, I like that. I mean, and you're good at pivoting in situations. If someone wants to see all those numbers to know, okay, go into detail. Don't leave anything out, take more time with the individual. Or if someone says, just show me the bottom line, you know, the quick facts can do that as well. And it's it's understanding, okay, what is the person looking for? I struggle with the people that just want the quick facts because my thing is I can give you the quick facts, but I don't want to leave something important out. And then afterwards you say, why don't you show me that? So, so if that happens, right? So let's say you go through the quick facts with me and I say, all right, well, I bought it. Why didn't you tell me about this thing? What's your natural internal instinct that you want to say, but you won't say to me? Let me ask that first, because everyone's thinking this right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, I mean, I can't tell you every single thing, you know? Yeah. Um, it, people just think, okay, it's life insurance. It, yeah. It's simple. But at the end of the day, there are so many factors, so many things going on. Um, and it's hard to bring out everything from the get-go. So it's, but the nice thing is we do have a YouTube channel that really goes over so many different topics because at the end of the day, it is still whole life insurance for the most part we talk about. And there's only so much you can talk about. So we do have so many uh, resources on the channel. Um, I would say just about 
95% of the topics that we get asked about show up on the channel. So um, yeah, I mean, we, we say do as much research as you can, make sure you're looking at the numbers because we don't want you coming back years down the line and saying it's not where I thought it was. Right, right. We never want that. So yeah, when someone wants the quick facts, I mean, we don't want to come back and say, well, you only asked for the quick facts. That's why we didn't go through this stuff. Like you can't do that as a sales professional. Uh, and I know you don't do it, but I mean, I know that stuff happens too. Like <laughs> in, in business, never ever say to the client, well, this is what you asked for. You did this. Like you're so stupid is what they envision you're saying to them. Like, what's wrong with you, man? You can't say that. <laughs> so it's listening and then saying, okay, here's what the person asked for. Let me directly answer their question. And then some other points that, man, they're going to ask about this. So how do I just blend those in in a manner where the information's there? And it may spark more questions too, but this way they get everything properly. Yeah, especially, I feel like, because people are doing their own research, I have had clients come out and, and right away just say, this is exactly what I want. Nice. And you know, it, they make it very easy. At the same time, sometimes I will just mention small things here, there, you know, have you looked at the flexibility of both companies? Do you know how loans work exactly? Um, you know, there've been people that come to us where they think they know everything. And then, you know, a simple thing like, oh, I thought you can loan against your, your death benefit, not just the cash value. It's like, no, you know, you, you gotta hone them in and, and be, realistic you want to be realistic at the end of the day so they don't have any issues down the line but um it's just mentioning small things making sure they at least have the very core basics of it all so that um not only are they comfortable honestly we are comfortable as well selling them a policy and we don't see any issues there yeah no i i like that it's building awareness so i come in i say i know what i want okay how do i move forward what are the next steps but in your experience, you know, people have done that before. And then after the fact, oh man, if I knew this, I would have went with a different option. So it's, how do you, how do you mention that? Because if I'm eager and ready to go, I don't want to be told to slow down. I got too many things to do. Yeah. Right. But, and so it's, it's kind of a, you know, call it etiquette there to say, all right, how do I make sure I still do the right job and get them all the information, but still satisfy their, satisfy their need to move fast. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, we try to train on it a lot, but it takes time, frankly, at the end of the day to learn that. And you've got to be a good listener to do that. Yeah, because and that's the thing. People will come to us and say, this is exactly what I need. I want to do uh, 50K for five years, let's say, for example. And then um, you kind of send numbers where you're maybe doing for five and then 20 years. Because sometimes they'll say, you know, they only want to see one specific funding scenario. You send a couple different ones to just to make sure um, and once they see for 20 years, for example, Guardian, you want to fund for a longer period of time, we kind of need to know that upfront. So um, it's a little more, we have to design it more particularly for a longer period, whereas Mass Mutual, whether you're funding for five or 20 years, a lot of times it'll be the same exact policy. Yeah. Uh, people don't really realize that until they see the numbers and they say, okay, why are these different? You know what? Maybe I do want to go with Mass Mutual instead. I like the flexibility with Guardian, but I like the idea of funding for a long period of time and I haven't opened up a second policy down the line possibly. So yeah. Sometimes sending more information, kind of bring you up certain topics. That's where you're able to really figure out what their needs are and help them out at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. No, appreciate you going into that. I mean, that's that's something you, I know you take the time pre-COVID when we were here in the same office every day. I, I, seen, I saw and heard you do it. We did it together a lot of times, which was fun. Yeah. Um, but no, thanks so much for, for going into all that um, and your time. I know you've got a lot going on today and, and every day. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, appreciate everyone listening. If you are interested in reaching out, I mean, you know how to reach us as a company, but we've got Phil's contact info below. Feel free to ping them anytime via email. And Phil, thanks again for your time. Much appreciated. Thanks, Steve. Talk to you soon. Enjoy. Thank you.